You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, now, 25 years is quite a milestone for anybody who may have had uh, challenges with alcohol. And, uh, and of course, these things, as you will discover, uh, can lead to the destruction of lives and so, so much pain and heartache. Uh, and my next guest, uh, Susie, has, uh, well, she's, she's gone through 25 years of being clean. Is that the right term? Do you, use, do you say clean or free or what terminology? <laughs> we say you? sober. Sober. Yeah. So 25 years of being sober, yeah. you know, which is, it's quite a milestone, isn't it? Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, I, I like to think so. And I'm really proud of it as well. Yeah. So, but let's turn the clock back a wee bit, Susie, because I mean, you are the information officer now for AA locally. Uh, and, and a lot of that is about sort of sharing information. But let's talk a wee bit more to begin with more personally about, about yourself. How, how did your whole challenges with, with alcohol begin? When did you know that? things were out of control um i suppose the disease is progressive in nature na- in nature so i didn't actually realize there was anything wrong um you know i was just a teenager um having fun you know and back then it was like strong br- strong sh- oh, well, i won't say the name anyway but you know i was on ciders and beers and, sure, yeah. and just having you having know, fun as in fact probably a lot of people would say themselves Right now, exactly, exactly. But I suppose the 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 crossover point um, was when it didn't become fun anymore. That's what happens. And then I want a party to continue, and nobody else does. Everyone else goes home, or they've got their jobs in the morning, and I just want to go that little bit further, that little bit further, and never wanted the party to end. And it ended up a party for one, um, and that's not a party. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I suppose you know the. The realisation that I felt lonely, um, it was a dark place. It was a really dark place. Um, I was it almost like bordering on depression, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I kind of used alcohol to suppress my emotions and then I'd use alcohol to elevate them. Sure. Um, so I was always in this, this to-ing and froing of my emotional state um, and that in itself is exhausting. Would you have said way back then, uh, being young, were you a bit of a party animal in the sense that you had lots of friends that you went out with and drank with and did things with? Absolutely. Um, I was a party animal, definitely. But you were, interesting enough, a party animal surrounded by people, but yet lonely. Yes, that's exactly. Uh, isn't that interesting that yeah. we can, and it's true, isn't it, we can be surrounded by people but actually still quite lonely. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you've hit the nail on the head and a lot of it is because of loneliness and you feel so alienated uh, within your own thoughts and, and processes that you then need to drink more because it's your only comfort, it's your only solace, it's your only um, opportunity to disappear from your thoughts as well, mm-hmm. you know, and you can just drift off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to feel that people didn't understand me, you know, they didn't get it. So I, I felt, yeah, lonely a lot of the time. Mm. I mean, looking back on those days, do you think there were people that maybe knew you had you were in trouble but didn't know how to broach the subject with you? Or, or do you think they were totally oblivious to what was happening to you? Um, it's a valid point. I chose people that could drink like me. That's what I used so to So they do. were in the same sort of they were. situation. They were, but they were functional. So they'd go off to their, their nine to five jobs or whatever they were doing. But I, I think what happened for me is um, 
you know, the best friend that I had from when we met in the airlines, you know, she ended up being a DJ. I followed her around in the nightlife and it came from a normal nine to five working in the airlines to a nocturnal life. And that's kind of the crossover point in the late 80s, early 90s of of the scene in London Mm. was very much music based. And on your airline work, were you doing international work? No, I was was stationary in Regent Street. So I was just... So you weren't in the air? No, I was not in the air. And every time I was in the air, I was drunk in the air, Um, drunk and disorderly in the days when you could drink and smoke on a plane. But those days, you know, long gone. So, you know, for the airline that I was in, there was a lot of kind of um, oh, um, guys that took me under their wing, excuse the pun. Um, and <laughs> we, we would go to Soho and we, they would drink on our lunch breaks. And I was, you know, 16, left school at 16, went straight for the airlines. And it was socially acceptable to drink on your lunch breaks. And I'd mm-hmm. come back tipsy and, you know, they'd come pick me up from where I was in the offices and take me over to Soho. It was a brilliant. But I suppose there's a salient lesson there for all of us because, I mean, I mean, lads talk about holding the drink. You know, I don't know what, what, do, what do you ladies call it. Do you call holding you do you have a different term no i i don't know never held my drink i just drank to excess well you know what you know because i mean obviously drinking and so on is social for many and for many it's 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 fine but of course it can go for many to excess but i i guess that the salient lesson is that we could be with somebody like yourself encouraging drinking completely unaware that actually that person is going through a bit of a hell really yes absolutely and i it's really difficult to understand that line that you cross when you go from um as we say in the big book of alcoholics anonymous conviviality it's a colorful lifestyle it's music it's joy it's laughter and then all of a sudden something during the course of that night changes you you know we talk about that dr jekyll and mr hyde syndrome and something changes me it's a phenomenal of craving the obsession of the mind the allergy of the body and once you kind of go into that realm you can't stop you know they say it's the first drink that does the the damage not the third the fifth the seventh it's the first one because i cannot stop myself once i've picked up that first drink and i don't know with my hand on my heart where that's going to lead me so in the last 25 years yeah. have you have you never touched a drop of of the hard stuff never. and and has that been has it got easier as you went along or is it still now still a discipline that you have to be very conscious of um oh if it was um i would not be working my program of alcoholics anonymous enough because for me i can't see alcohol as being demonizing alcohol it's my brain that is the problem it's my thinking it's my behaviors it's my actions alcohol is just the solution to the problem that's how we have to understand on the educational aspect of AA is that you have to be educated about the nature of the disease. Sure. So when I look at, you know, say it's a beautiful autumn day today, you know, and, and in the good days, you know, I could go for a walk in the forest and I'd want a picnic and there'd be a bottle of red and we'd sit down and it would be joy. Or I'd go, you know, wherever I would be, it would be with a drink in hand or going out specifically to drink 
And nowadays it's like I, I still go to into, you know, um, restaurants and people are drinking near me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect me. You know, it, it it's a drink, but it should not have that power over me anymore. But you could drink something else, which is, wasn't alcoholic. Exactly. I'm, I'm a fresh lime soda girl myself. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> Let's have your first piece of music. And, and actually, of course, this is something that goes along with that nice summer day and whatever. It's California Dream in the yep. Beach Boys. Why, why this have you... One of your favourites? It is one of my favourites. Um, it's uplifting. It's um, The words touched my heart and touched my soul as I was growing up. My brother used to play this all the time. Um, we, and we had a record player in his bedroom. And he had all these records. And I was one of these those ones that I could... I could drift off into it um, and it talks about going to a church and getting on your knees and praying and I used to visualise that um, and think there is a God there is someone with me you know I do feel that I'm blessed in as much as I've always even though I felt alone at times or even lonely I always believed that there was a higher power in my life I always believed that there has to be something else this, this can't just be it so this is what this song evokes Well, of course, that's the Beach Boys there. Of course, my very special guest is Susie today, who is one of the information officers for AA, because there's quite a lot of you. I suppose everybody who goes through the AA programme can become a bit of an information person, having experienced. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's what's really important, um, that when you get involved in AA, there are service positions. So you don't just, you come in because you have an alcohol problem, Mm -hmm. but you stay in and carry the message. And that's what we hope to achieve. It's, you know, I'm a public information officer for a meeting in Christchurch church and then um there's somebody above us who you know is goes to intergroup so we can always be of service there's hospitals and informations there's prison liaison officers um there's universities and you know health health liaison officers and i guess that during the last year with covid and all the extra pressures you know which have clearly have been on people you guys you, you your feet mustn't touch the ground you know <laughs> yeah we like to stay busy and we, and we also like to be adaptable in these t- t- you know these times so there you were uh, you know pretty bad place um lonely how did you discover aa um I suppose it was 95, 1995, and I got to that desperate point, um, that jumping off point, we, we call it. Um, and until you're absolutely desperate and your back is against the wall and you really have to do it because you're in a place that you there is nowhere else to go. Um, and my dad had um, looked in the Yellow Pages and it was in the front of the Yellow Pages and it was an 0800, um, yeah, an 0800 number. Had you heard of them before? I don't think I had. I don't. I don't think I had. I mean, I was twenty six, um, going about, you know, chaotically throughout my life, and I, I really don't think I had. There was no adverts, and not that I can, you know, remember. Um, I know that in those days, the addictions that were going through the eighties and nineties were rife, um, but I don't ever recall seeing anything. So my dad, obviously, my dad's a pharmacist. Um, 
And he knew that there were informations and health numbers and free phone numbers at the front. And he phoned the helpline. Um, and he passed, kindly <laughs> handed over the phone to me and said, speak to this person. And it was um, Steve S. on the end of the phone. And, and he carried the message in all his affairs. And what he was doing was public information. He was being of service. So he was, you know, two, three years sober and he carried the message to me. So that at that point where your dad handed you the phone, you were ready to take that phone? Well, I, I had... There was no other option because I was desperate. You know, I'd wanted to commit suicide. Uh, my parents could see that I, you know, their daughter was in this very sad, miserable state. And I suppose their their points another challenge because there must be so many people who see their loved ones uh, and know that they're in a really bad place and want to help but actually as you said until the person themselves comes to the end of themselves yeah. it must be hard really it must have been hard for your dad yeah. to watch you you know up until that point where you took the phone <laughs> yeah absolutely we we call it you know being powerlessness pa- you know yeah, yeah. i'm powerless over Out of others control, yeah, yeah. Um, when you're powerless you have, you know, no one else has any control over you. You are absolutely powerless. Your heart and soul is is desperate to help that individual. And even when I do phone service and I'm listening to the person on the end of the phone and I know they're drunk, I know that I can't do anything for them. They have to want it themselves. And when they're saying to me, well, I've been drinking and my child's this and my husband, you know, it's like I hear what you're saying, but you have to want to stop drinking. You can't do it for your child. You can't do it for your husband. Sure. It has to be you who just does, does the, you know, all the, the footwork for it. But I suppose it's out of love and concern yeah. that people make those 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 calls. Absolutely. You know, it, it, Absolutely. So there you are. You have this conversation, no doubt led to your first experience of an AA meeting. Yes. <laughs> what was that like? Were you um, terrified? I was. I was petrified. Um, they met me outside the meeting. They brought me into the into the room and there were slogans you know on the floor um let go and let god think 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 and the think 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 was turned upside down which i was like what they've made a mistake and i wanted to go up and turn <laughs> around change and, it right. yeah change it around and what they had said you know years later was because your thinking is upside down so we always keep it the wrong way up you know to to recognize that don't listen to your thinking because it's usually wrong. Yeah. Uh, rubbish in, rubbish out, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and there were a lot of slogans. And I, you know, um, let go and let God. Um, and I, I, I was sceptical. Don't get me mm. wrong. I was sceptical. And I just kind of, I didn't get it immediately. I wasn't one of those mm. ones that walked through the door and got it there and then. Now you said earlier on about with the Beast Boys track that the, 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 the line about prayer yeah. uh, meant something to you. So did you have a sort of a belief, a general belief in God that there was some a, a higher being even then? Yeah, I did. I mean, I'm, for me, I'm fortunate enough to come from a religious background. Um, so I did have an awareness of religion however this is not a religious program it's spiritual by nature and what we ask you to do is find a god of your own understanding now some people who don't believe in god um we use the word god as you know good orderly direction um and a group of drunks 
You know, we, we kind of break it up into whatever you want it to be. Uh, for me, as a higher power, it's Mother Nature. You know, it's the beautiful trees outside. I can see the blue sky. Um, it's the sunshine. It's flowers. It's everything that has not been made by man. So essentially, it's a universal Correct. program. And, and I know that many people do have faith of one kind or another. But as you quite rightly said, a lot, of course, uh, don't, particularly in, as far as a being is concerned. Yes. Yeah. So, but that first meeting, Meeting, uh, having got over the nervous bit, and then you're sat there. Um, did you calm down a bit? Were you <laughs> were you put at your ease um, to make you want to go back, or were you thinking, "I'm never going to do that again"? Yeah, um, it's funny. I don't think I've ever calmed down in 25 years, but um, <laughs> I'm still up there. But. I didn't get it immediately. You asked me in the break about relapse, you know, and and do people relapse? Yes, they do. And when I came in in 95, I didn't get it immediately. And I went back out there and I carried on drinking. Um, I did what's called a geographical. I left England and I went abroad because I thought that by leaving the chaos and the mayhem um, and the destruction that I was in by going abroad would would it would eliminate the it. The only trouble was you took yourself with you. Exactly. And what happened was I moved in with my brother and I drank every day. And the the, the drink out there was extremely cheap. It was like two pounds a bottle of you know a bottle of wine because they produced it there. And um, I drank every day. And I didn't realise that that you know you take yourself with you you take the disease with you and and the the allergy and the disease is centered in your mind and the obsession is always there is always lurking and if you don't arrest it one day at a time you know it will manifest it over time so what i did was i came back a year later with my brother we were going to a wedding in america we stopped off in england and um i got in a bad way as soon as i got back you know touched down i went partying and what had happened was I started crying and I had a vision as I was crying my eyes out. I was in a desperate, desperate state. I had a vision of Steve S in that meeting and I could see on the floor all the slogans. The upside down. Yeah. Yeah. And the next day I got back to that meeting and he was at that meeting. And he, Good to see you. Yeah, and he was. It, Where have you been like, all these years? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and he was there with open arms, with as were the other fellows. And um, and what had happened, and I mentioned this before, is that I then came down to Bournemouth in on the thirteenth of September, nineteen ninety six, and I went to my first. I was ready. Then I was ready. Um, and he he took me to my first meeting. I think it was in Hannington Road in Boscombe. And um, I was sweating. I was shaking. I was frightened. I was overwhelmed. Um, and I just was desperate. And I was I was also desperate to be to get well. I think this brings us to your next piece okay. of music, which is Wild Wood. Yes. Why this one? Oh, please, listeners, listen to the words. Um, <clears throat> and I used to listen to this years ago when I first came into recovery, and it would give me that back, the flashback of being on the tube in London, going to Regent Street, looking at people and thinking, why can't I be like them? Why do I just want to go and have a drink? Like, I, you know, I worked for the airline. I was, I was just done in and I was so young and so so fed up with life already I hadn't even started my life um so the words really evoke so much to me and it also talks about you know relying upon yourself 
you know, and, and giving your own self that belief that you can do it, you're worth it. Um, and also of a higher power that I believe in, in God. So I believe that through me and God and the Fellowship of AA, I've got a chance. 90.1 Hope FM and HopeFM.com. I mean, obviously, you, you commented on that authentically, uniquely you, because a very big part of the of the AA process is actually discovering who you are. Yes. And, and, and particularly, of course, where there's maybe negative holding on to resentments and so on. Absolutely. We say resentments are the number one offender. Um, and most people pick up a drink or relapse because of a resentment that they've held on to. Um, and it's like a poison inside of you festering and boiling. Um, and at some point, unless you deal with your resentments, um, they, 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 res- they, you know, they lie within you. So it's really important that we go through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and that's a process of self-discovery. Um, and, you know, step one is powerlessness and unmanageability around our alcoholism. Um, step two is came to believe that a power greater than yourself can, you know, can take you to a place where you find a God of your own understanding. And we go through this, this process through the whole 12 steps. And step four is very much about looking at your past. And the way I did it was, you know, from naught to 26, I reviewed all my resentments, all I had held on to, you know, a teacher that hit me, um, a parent that said something, a brother that would, would shame me all the time, you know, and I held on to these resentments and I drank on them for years and years and years. And I suppose in, in, in your own mind and in a lot of people's minds, there would be a bit of a justifiable uh, reason for hanging <clears throat> on to those things, you know, because you've been treated unfairly well you're right but the thing is when the resentment is it affects us more than it does them you know they this was sort of like 20 30 years ago and i'm still holding on to the resentment it's like well it doesn't benefit me anymore but i'm suffering from it and that's when we put it on paper and let it go and the other thing i remember when i first talked to you uh susie that you said was that i mean obviously alcoholism uh and Addiction of all kinds is an illness. Yes. And it can add to your paranoia. So where you maybe you think, oh, this is a wonderful release. I don't have to think about things. But actually it can add to all the negative stuff uh, going on. You know, so, so rather than being a help, alcohol, of course, can be a hindrance, a, a poison. Yeah, absolutely. Really. Absolutely. And, and it festers. You know, alcohol kind of um, suppresses certain emotions, but heightens others. So where I'm maybe lonely or scared or frightened, or or unsure and uncertain, it will elevate them. And unfortunately, it just puts you into a place where you cannot think straight anymore. And that's what AA does for me. Mm -hmm. It straightens out my thinking. Like the think, think, think upside down. Mm -hmm. It's just slowly, 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 let's turn it, you know, the right way round. Now, we've spent a lot of time, obviously, talking about all the negative effects of alcohol and indeed um, the impact destructive impact that that can have on people Uh, but here you sit 25 years uh, you've been uh, doing uh, all of the 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 12 steps that AA has uh, doing groups and of course being very actively involved you know in all in in the organization itself Um, so it's a positive thing Um, so you're talking to somebody now who's maybe in that really dark place Mm. where you once were yeah here you are Coming on twenty five years, yeah. uh, where where you haven't you've been free of of that. What do you want to say to them? Um, 
I want to give them hope and, and the belief system that there is a different, there is an option out there that you can have a better life. You know, I always say to my sponsees and to people that I'm friendly with, I want to be the best version of myself. And in order to do that, you have to believe in in me that I what I'm going through and what I have gone through is my truth. Um, and I, I give them what we say when we tell our story is what it was like what happened and what it's like today. And we give them that visual of, of how we've progressed so well in AA. Um, but the chaos and confusion was my past. I had, be it an epiphany or be it something that, a profound moment that I thought, I, I deserve better. I'm going to give it a go. I had, I had to have blind faith, literally blind faith. Um, and it was only from others before me that walked this path before me that I believed them. Well, if they can do it, I can do it. And of course, that's the thing, isn't it? Because it's not just you. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there, there must be many, many people that you have seen who once were in that dark place that you once were, but who now are, are walking free, Absolutely. supported by the AA programme. Absolutely. And, and, you know, statistically, it's not a lot of people people that, that get it because it's hard work you have to maintain it but what we say is it's a daily reprieve you know and we just live on a, in a 24 hour period we don't the, the past is gone you know let that go the future we've got no control over it's right here right now this is all we have and if we can just you know not pick up that first drink we've got a chance so you know either they can phone you know the 01202 296 000 number that's a local Bournemouth number you know it's manned 24 hours a day um, somebody will be there to pick up the phone to you and of course if you're a regular listener to Hope FM you will have heard lots of things like this going out Alcoholics Anonymous helps people who want to stop drinking but can't do it on their own in Alcoholics Anonymous, you can learn to live life free from the obsession with alcohol. If you want to stop drinking but can't seem to do it on your own, Alcoholics Anonymous can help. Call 01202 296 0 So that 296 0 is the local number, and of course you just shared the national number uh, as well. And you, have, you, and you have a website as well, don't you? Yes, we do. Um, it's all on our... You can go onto Alcoholics Anonymous, the actual website. Um, it's, it's all there. We also have web chat, which is help at aamail.org. So you can interact with somebody at the time. And do you have Facebook and Twitter and all that? No. No, I mean, we do public information with Facebook. We we try to avoid, you know, social media per se. Well, but it can be a negative, can't it? it can yeah, be, yeah, you can just kind of get too obsessed and, and too distracted. We just try to stay focused with Alcoholics Anonymous. And there's meetings every single day in Bournemouth. I'm going to a meeting in Ringwood tonight. I'm going to pick up my 25-year key ring, my chip, which I'm so excited about. And you've got your special American order, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I have. I wanted a, a more of a, um, a yeah, a, a plush one from America, because that's where it all started mm. so yeah and also i've been to the you know to the world office in new york you know it was my mum's 75th birthday a few years ago and we flew over there and and I, I went to the world service office and it was a phenomenal absolutely phenomenal a bit like you know this setup but you know a bit bigger yeah it's just a little <laughs> bit bigger and it had all the books in every single language you know from afghanistan to um Uzbekistan or, or everything. It was amazing to see AA books in, in, in languages, in every language possible. Which, of course, um, points to the fact that the, the challenge of, of addiction is worldwide. Absolutely. But but obviously the, the, the message that you would want to leave people and the message that you clearly bring loud and clear with your colleagues is there is a way 
out yes. and there are lots of people there to support you you yes. know so you don't need to be on your own yeah. you know pick up the phone and yeah. uh, and make that call yeah absolutely and also for the people that have been around there are those that still suffer you know and don't suffer on your own don't you don't need to be alone you can still pick up the phone with people sometimes leave aa they don't do the meetings but they just have stopped drinking and we call that they become dry drunks and that's just as painful because they're not part of the fellowship you know the aa triangle is unity recovery service and then we're followed by a circle around it which is the actual god consciousness you know and there's so much within the circle that you can do as well as the triangle now having said about the service but i know you're a busy bee these days <laughs> because here you are on the radio and, and uh, this is the second time you've yeah, been indeed. recent I'm sure, you. I'm sure not the last time um, <laughs> Um, and uh, but of course you're you're available and, and your colleagues are available to go and speak to groups and so on. Aren't yes, you? indeed. Uh, so if people did want to, you know, invite you along, do they? Do they? Contact the AA local office? Absolutely. Yeah, contact public information. Um, it's Rob. Um, speak to him and we can come to, you know, BCHA. We've, we go into them. Um, I'm at the Women's Refuge this afternoon. Uh, we go to universities and schools. Uh, we will cover anywhere and everything. With they, nurses, the hospitals, it's a um, health liaison officer. Um, we're shortly going to be doing, um, you know, promotion in the hospitals, bedside radio. So people can, because it, unfortunately with alcoholism, it will, you know, affect your liver, affect all your organs your family and you end up in hospital mm. when you get to that stage so we mm. want to be able to be heard everywhere uh, and of course one of the one of the public figures um that when you talked about that i was thinking of george best you know? oh yes and, uh, and and one of the things of course that you may recall that he let himself be photographed in quite a bad state yes. with tubes everywhere yeah but the reason why he did that was he wanted to send a message particularly to young people yeah you know that how uh, you can take a real talent and a precious life yes and how it can just go as as his did yeah so, absolutely so even though you know george is no longer with us he stands as a, a testimony to say look don't go the way i went yeah but also you know more currently amy winehouse of course you know and her the, the anniversary of her death has just been recent, yeah doesn't it? well yeah, yeah. We, we just recently went up to camden and 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 saw her statue there and pay tribute yeah absolutely so well susie thank you so much again for being my guest a second time <laughs> and, and you your final piece of music, of course, has got to be the best of yes, all. Yes, indeed. I can see clearly now, but you can introduce it. Why this one? Yeah, uh, Johnny Nash. I, it's oh, it says it all, really. It says it all, and and through the the help of the AA Fellowship and the fellows and my sponsor and my beautiful sponsees, I can truly see clearly now, and I've got love in my life, love in my heart, and and there is hope for an, you know for a beautiful day. I'll leave it there. Thank you. Well, of course, that's uh, Johnny Nash there, and I can see clearly now. And just a reminder of, uh, of how to get that support. Alcoholics Anonymous helps people who want to stop drinking but can't do it on their own. In Alcoholics Anonymous, you can learn to live life free from the obsession with alcohol. If you want to stop drinking but can't seem to do it on your own, Alcoholics Anonymous can help. Call 01202 296 000.